Hello and welcome back into another episode of On Texas Football. My name is Tommy Yarsh, joining you here with all-around football expert and inside Texas writer Ian Boyd for our weekly game preview episode, Texas Tech, coming up this Saturday. Ian, how's it going, man? Going good. We got a few different interesting things to talk about. First Big 12 game and some uh, lingering results from last week that we were just discussing off-air that are going to be interesting to talk about. Yeah, lingering issues is definitely the right term to use there. Uh, but let's get right into this. Longhorns head to Lubbock on Saturday to start Big 12 play against Texas Tech, 2.30 kickoff on ESPN. Ian, I want to start at quarterback. Hudson Card got the first start of his season last week uh, and played good but not great against UTSA. What did you take away from his performance? And sort of as an added question, if Quinn Ewers is available to play, remember he practiced with the team on Monday. We haven't heard too much since, but if he's available to play this week, would you throw him in there? Oh yeah, I would definitely play Ewers. Um, it's to you know, it's to the non-throwing shoulder. Uh, it sounds like it's a pain threshold issue, and uh, it, I don't believe there's any great risk of extending the damage like if he got hit really hard i don't know that's a risk in any game that's already a risk to play the game of football so i think a game like this a conference game on the road it's a road game but it's a very winnable road game it's not like a it's not like at oklahoma state so um sorry um i I think this is you have to prioritize winning this game if he's able to play and play effectively then you play queen ewers now, Hudson Card, I thought was pretty good against uh, UTSA. I kind of think I kind of think that UTSA, sorry, I, th- I kind of think that Hudson Card could improve and get healthy enough this season that Texas might have a chance to make the Big 12 championship game if he was the starter and not Quinn Ewers. Not to say that they shouldn't play Quinn Ewers. I think Quinn Ewers has he's shown some ceiling and some ability that's like you play this guy. Like he, he might be a superstar by the end of the year. Hudson Card doesn't look like he's on a trajectory to be a superstar by the end of the year, right? But I do think a healthier Quint, uh, card that gets more and more comfortable with the offense gives Texas a, a really high floor. So the, the takeaway from that game, I thought, was that Texas is in pretty great shape at quarterback. You know, you're, you see Quinn Ewers throwing before the game, so you know he's going to be back soon. And then you see Hudson Card provide a winning effort. <laughs> I think your son agrees too. Um, we talked about the passing game and the strength at quarterback, obviously a lot of strength in the running back room as well. And that really stood out last week by far. I think the best rushing attack performance that Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson have had so far this year, they combined for 264 on the ground. Bijan had three touchdowns. Roshan had one uh, on a passing touchdown. And they really just willed this Texas offense to function. I know you touched on this a little bit in your three things to watch for article, but would you expect the same thing this week? And how much more difficult or maybe less difficult does that result get with what seems to be a stout Texas Tech defense? I kind of think that Texas Tech's run defense is a little bit of a paper tiger at this point. Um, they, they faced Houston, which is ran the ball decently against them. And Houston is not like a, you know, they don't have Bijan Robinson, right? Um, they faced North Carolina State, who's a little bit more of a passing team. North Carolina State ran the ball decently, at times very effectively, and at times they ran some plays that Texas Tech looked like they didn't know how to defend properly in their base defense. So um, 
I just don't that to me plus this is the Texas I mean it's Texas Tech for one like when's the last time Texas Tech played really good run defense like can anyone remember I don't even know if I can remember when that was uh, last year they gave up like 300 400 yards to Texas Bijan ran wild um, they have a different they have different coordinators um, their personnel is a little bit different. A lot of it's actually the same. They have guys that are like super seniors that have been there forever. But I just don't see a great run defense on this Tech team. And I see one that could be extremely vulnerable to Texas running like inside zone, outside zone effectively with Bijan and Roshan. Um, last year they were almost helpless when Texas ran outside zone. Um, so to me this is like a potential uh, – uh, fulcrum, you know, turning point of the game, which is I'm not sure if Texas Tech can stop Texas's run game. And if they cannot, then this game could be uh, uninteresting in a way that Texas fans will appreciate, you know? This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that Texas Tech defense here in a second. But first, there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team play than by playing daily fantasy with our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Kentucky, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States and Canada except Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, I'll be taking JT Daniels throwing for less than 250 and a half passing yards and Deuce Vaughn scoring more than a rushing, more a rushing touchdown, not more than a rushing touchdown. His prediction is more or less 0.5, so I'm going to say he gets into the end zone on the ground. Download the PrizePix app or visit prizepix.com and sign up using the code LONGHORN to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50, and so on and so forth. Don't forget, that's the Price Pick at Price Picks apps or the PrizePicks.com and the code Longhorn to claim your bonus today and take viewing of your team to the next level this season. All right, let's transition back to talking about this Texas Tech defense, Ian. Uh, I want to hop on when I talked to Carlos Silva Jr., of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal earlier this week. One of the names that we threw around was Tyree Wilson, the senior outside linebacker who leads the Red Raiders in tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks right now. Uh, when you look at this unit compared to years past, what's the difference now with Joey McGuire in charge? It's actually kind of similar to last year. Um, they were moving in this direction last year because they had Tyree Wilson, and he had a great season last year. Uh, this direction being they're a little more two four five like Pete Kwiatkowski now. They'll play Tyree Wilson in the, their equivalent of the Baron Sorrell position. Um, their defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter, 
worked with some uh, fellow Aranda Kwiatkowski type guys out at Cal and picked up this defense. So they have a similar defensive design as Texas. Um, and uh, Tyree Wilson, yeah, is like their Baron Sorrell. He's very good. He's one of the best players probably in the conference. The only trick for them is that Texas has already played some amazing edge guys in uh, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and had a lot of different answers for how to prevent those guys from wrecking the design of the offense. And uh, I don't see why they couldn't replicate a lot of it against Tyree Wilson. They could try to just go the other way and say, you know, we're going to let Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones go one-on-one with this guy and see what happens. Um, but even if that, even if they tried that in a win or ride, they could always just pivot, you know, and get Carrick on the field and start running more uh, heavier protections and whatnot to, to neutralize him. And unlike Alabama, there's a lot less on the field for Tech besides Wilson than there is for Alabama after Anderson and Turner. So great player, very dangerous, but Texas knows about him. It's not coming out of nowhere and they have a lot of different ways to mitigate him. So uh, I don't think he'll have a big, terrible impact on this game for Texas. Could be very wrong, but uh, they, they are well, they're well, uh, well-equipped to try to, to try to handle it. So that leads pretty well into my next question. If there is a way where this Texas Tech defense can maybe make some things difficult for the Longhorn offense, what, what areas of the game do you see that happening in, uh, if at all? They need to be good on run defense. They need, to have, they need to make Texas look like Houston or North Carolina State when they're running the ball, uh, for sure. And um, I, they kind of need to – if Quinn Ewers plays, they kind of need to trap him with some of their coverages and see if they can get him to throw some picks. They've been playing a lot of man coverage to this point, and uh, they have a couple big physical outside corners that I don't think match up very well with Texas and Xavier Worthy. Um, if they can win those matchups, then this game – if they, if they can win those matchups and play uh, credible run defense, then this could definitely be a competitive game. But that's two different areas that I, I foresee them having trouble. So if my read is right, that their run defense is actually a little suspect and their corners can't run with, uh, with Worthy and, and maybe with some of these other guys, if they motion them into the right places, then they're kind of beat on both ends. If I'm wrong, then this is going to be a competitive hard-fought game. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Speaking of big, uh, quick corners, let's talk about Ryan Watts a little bit. Uh, one of the matchups that you pointed out in your three things to watch for was Ryan Watts at corner, and he's covering talented redshirt freshman Jerron Bradley. Uh, he had a big game against uh, Murray State in the first game of the year, 108 yards and two touchdowns. But since then, just caught the ball eight times for 64 yards. Ian, you talked about this matchup a little bit more in your article, but what is it that piques your interest at it? 
the uh, North Carolina State knew about him, so North Carolina State made it a point to try to keep Bradley from killing them, really. He's like their boundary X receiver. He's right there for uh, Donovan Smith or uh, Baron Morton if he ends up playing some. For either of Tech's quarterbacks, he's like huge 6'5 target that's just right there. And uh, it just makes things a lot easier for their young quarterbacks if they know they have like a one-on-one there, the guy that's 6'5". Um, so other teams kind of took that away with double teams and made them go elsewhere, and then their quarterback struggled. Texas, Texas could just do that and double him and make them and make their quarterbacks throw elsewhere. But I kind of think with Ryan Watts, they might be able to just go one-on-one and then shade help to other parts of the field from Jaron Thompson or Blitz and just really get aggressive at a point where Tech needs to be strong. Um, and so to me, that matchup, if that, if that matchup is going badly for Texas Tech, it's just, just I think, a third stress point where this game could just get out of hand and go really badly for Tech if they don't have uh, an advantage there that they can use to set up, set up their offense in other places. If they're, if they're down losing the Bradley-Watts matchup and Texas is swarming with pass rush or like sneaking Jaron Thompson to the other side of the field out of the quarterback's sight line to get in the way of some of these uh, uh, Kitley deep passes that Tech has this season, then I think this game is extremely problematic for Tech. All right, I'm staying on the topic of the Texas defense. I want to grab your thoughts a bit on the uh, controversial decision coming out from the NCAA yesterday, upholding DeMarvion Overshone's targeting ejection from last week's game against UTSA. That'll force them to sit out the first half against Tech. Can you give us your quick thoughts on that, the, the ruling? We'll, we'll call it a ruling. We're not going to say if it's good or bad. What thoughts on the ruling and how that's going to affect this game, at least throughout the first half for Texas? I don't think it'll hurt Texas too badly because they have uh, uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey at weak side linebacker. who's played extremely well, even as a blitzer. He's a much better blitzer than I realized he would be. It's really good. He knows he's short. He's really good at using his leverage to kind of get under guys in the path rush um, and avoiding blockers. So I, d- I don't think it'll hurt Texas too badly. We'll see if Tech even makes it a point to target Tucker Dorsey or not, or if they if they have something else in mind. As for the ruling, um, I noticed at Big 12 Media Days, I got hung up on this other rule that they're changing in college football about uh, um, chop blocks. But the uh, I, I, this rule did stand out to me where a, a quarterback is deemed defenseless if he's looking down the field and he's, uh, you know, he's having to rely on his peripheral to see the hit coming. They're saying that's defenseless. That's not realistic for a quarterback to be able to avoid a big hit. Um, So the new rule from what I can tell was interpreted and applied correctly because the quarterback was defenseless by rule. He's looking downfield. I know if you watch in slow motion, he sees over coming and starts to uh, wince a little bit. Right. But that guy was so hard for Texas to tackle. Like if he had any time at all, you weren't going to get him. He was just a ghost, gone. Um, so that was, I think for Texas, that play was really cathartic. It's like we finally got this little guy. Um, so he's defenseless by rule. And then there is forcible contact to his head because the face mask counts as part of your head. So it doesn't matter that Overshone didn't, didn't target his head 
by rule it's targeting, but he wasn't targeting his head. And the contact to his head was incidental, mostly related to the fact that Frank Harris is like 5'11", and Overshone is listed at 6'4", right? So it's really it's a really unfair rule. It's a, probably not a good rule and one that they need to reconsider for future seasons. But I think it's the uh, I think they actually made the right ruling in uh, in applying it. And it may, maybe it's a good thing that they did because now people can see the full ramifications of what this rule means for play on the field, which is not that great. Like if you're a short mobile quarterback, this rule makes you into a superhero because it's like not, not only do we have to try to tackle this little guy in the backfield where he's got space to his right, to his left, and behind him, or he could throw the ball, but now we also have to make sure we do it in a way where we don't accidentally hit his head. Yeah. So that's I – I don't think that that's a good rule. We'll, we'll see how it goes over the course of the season. Yeah, we'll definitely see how that turns out. Uh, we saw the Joe Cook's tweet yesterday about Justin Wells having a field day over at Big 12 Media Days this year, and I'm sure uh, that'll be the case for Mr. Wells. I want to go back a little bit to my conversation with Carlos Silva Jr. We talked about how one of the weaknesses of this Red Raider offense was the offensive line. It certainly doesn't help when your starter, Tyler Show is injured, and you're sort of riding the hot hand between Donovan Smith and Baron Morton, who both have a lot to prove. Uh, Ian, what do you think Zach Kitley wants to do this week to avoid turning the ball over three times like they did a week ago? We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I, it's, he's, it's kind of, he's kind of up against it. You know, if you can't trust your quarterback, then I'm not totally sure what you do. But one thing I would expect to see that UTSA did some of this and had a little bit of success is that UTSA would motion receivers and create, they'd show one spread set and then transition to a different one so that they could try to get Texas in a predictable play call. And uh, sometimes it worked and sometimes it really didn't like on that uh, pick six, they were trying to do that on the pick six and obviously it went awry. So uh, I think Texas will try to do that and, present as clear a picture as possible for Donovan Smith or Baron Morton so that they mostly know what they're throwing into. Um, Cause this guy, he's like Sark. He wants to throw the ball down the field. He wants to take lots of shots, have lots of possessions, um, play a high scoring game. I think they would rather, they'd probably rather this be a, a shootout if they can. I, they'll, I mean, they'll take anything that looks favorable to them. They'll take it. But uh, that's what I would expect to see. I think Texas has a lot of answers for that. 
people can tell, I really don't know that this is actually that difficult a matchup for Texas. I feel like all the, all the factors that would suggest this is a tough game for Texas are the fact that it's in Lubbock. Texas Tech is going to be ultra jacked up for this game. And, you know, you got a potentially a quarterback coming back from injury if he comes back and he's on the road for the first time. All these, like, intangible factors, those are the things that point to Tech. I think the fundamentals and the matchup in the game all say Texas wins comfortably. You mentioned Steve Sarkeesian wanting to throw the ball downfield. We've talked a lot about the run game so far, but not as much about the passing game. Just 161 of the total 459 offensive yards last week came through the air. I get the sense that this may continue to be the case until Quinn Ewers comes back. However, we do know that throwing the deep ball to guys like Xavier Worthy is something that this offense has wanted to do since day one when Stark came in. Do you think that this week could be the week that we could see even more of that, even if Hudson Card is the starting quarterback? I definitely think Sark is going to want to take a lot of shots in this game because that's what he wants to do, and as a general rule. But I think Tech is vulnerable to it because they play a lot of press coverage with big defensive backs. So, like, one corner is 6'3", 215 pounds, uh, number 24. He likes to try to jam guys. But if it doesn't work and they get behind him, he doesn't have recovery speed. Rashad Williams, the other corner, is six foot two. Uh, their nickel is like 215 pounds. They're playing a lot of man. They want to jam you up and uh, play aggressively. And the surest way to beat a team that does that is to run by them and throw it over their heads. So um, I think it's the right way to attack them. It's the way Sark wants to attack in general. They have all these fast guys at Texas that they haven't schemed open down the field and as aggressively as they did at times last year, probably because of the, the quarterback issues. So I think this is the game where they're going to try to open it up in a major way. All right, Ian, last question here for you. This series between these two teams is a weird one. The last time Texas went to Lubbock back in 2020, it resulted in a narrow 63-56 to overtime victory where the Longhorns had to score twice in the final three minutes I think thanks to an onside kick, too, to even get to that point. Um, and then the last three times these two teams have played in Lubbock, it's, as, it's, all, it's always closed as a one-possession game. If there's any chance that Texas Tech wants to extend that sort of streak to like four years of one-score games, what's going to have to go right for them? They have to be explosive in the passing game. That's essentially why they've – giving Texas trouble in the past is by being explosive with their spread offense, throwing the ball around, you know, in 2020, Texas couldn't tackle. They were uh, spreading them out and hitting, um, you know, little water bug slots in, in space. That's, I mean, that's kind of what it's looked like for like 20 years, right? <laughs> in Lubbock. So um, that's, it has to look like that. Their quarterbacks have to know what they're doing. They need to be able to cause problems for Texas with, their spread sets, throwing it. And honestly, Texas, I think, is less vulnerable to that than they have been in the past because of the style of defense they play now. They play, you know, like a nickel corner, which is something they hadn't done since, like, Will Muschamp or briefly with Quandre Diggs. Um, they play very conservatively coverage-wise. Like, their linebackers will um, stick on underneath routes over – first before they close in the run game. Um, just in general, Texas is less vulnerable to that style. And Texas Tech is less proficient 
in executing that kind of offense than they have been in the past. So, but that that's what it looks like. That's what it has to look like is them is them creating opportunities to throw it into space and down the field and scoring a lot of points. All right, Texas and Texas Tech kicking off this Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN from Jones AT&T Stadium in Lubbock. Ian, great insight as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Folks, go, go make sure to follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore A underscore Boyd for more analysis and breakdowns throughout the week and beyond. And be sure to stick around InsideTexas.com for more coverage throughout the week and beyond as well. Uh, lastly, please make sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. We're going to be here all week uh, previewing this game. And we'll also have this weekly game preview for you uh, every Thursday. So thank you so much again for joining us here on On Texas Football for our producer, Matthew Hutchison, and all the great folks working around the corner at Inside Texas. My name is Tommy Yar signing off. Thank you. Have a great day.